Theorizing that podcast audiences wanted to listen to two grown men talk about time travel, Nate Bowden and Brian Martin started a show dedicated to Quantum Leap. Together, they explore NBC's revival of the franchise, starring Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett, and its connections to the original series. They also examine spin-offs, such as novels and comics, as well as some mirror images in the form of television shows and movies that share creative DNA with the adventures of Sam Beckett and Ben Song. And so Nate and Brian find themselves leaping from topic to topic, striving to make sense of it all, and hoping each time that their next episode will be the one that goes viral. Oh boy, it's a Quantum Leap podcast. My name is Nate, and striving to put right what's wrong with this podcast, it's Brian Martin. Hello, everybody. Hello, Brian. Here we are with another week. We got another episode. Hot dog. I feel like we've talked this episode specifically up a lot of the season. Looking forward to the witch episode. Well, yeah, they were the two that we knew were coming, right? Just from the promo. You knew there were witches. You knew there were pyramids. We've seen, you know, Sam Beckett in a bank. And we've seen, you know, Sam Beckett on a movie set. We've seen all these things before, but we never saw Sam Beckett in the 1600s during a witch trial. And I think that's one of the reasons I was really looking forward to this one. It's really unexplored territory for both old and new Quantum Leap. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things about this show leaping around outside of Ben's lifetime, which, you know, the purist in me is kind of like, well, how does it work? Of course. But... Yeah, it really does kind of open up to stories that you're not going to see otherwise. Such as my pitch for having him leap into Christ himself. Or the dinosaur. Oh, the dinosaur one, too. Dinosaur leap. Yeah. Both of those impossible in the idea of the original series. But (laughs) what did I call that one? Ben Rassick Park or something? I don't remember. Uh... (laughs) I don't know. It was giving me an opportunity to play dinosaurs again. That's nice. (laughs) Benno saucers. <laughs> Before we turned on the recorder, you were talking about the subreddit. Oh, yeah. Lurking I haven't, in the subreddit for Quantum Leap. I haven't visited there. You were just giving me an idea of the types of... This seems to be three types of posts on the Quantum Leap subreddit. Okay, don't get there's, yourself in trouble here. You know? <laughs> there's the, <laughs> there are the posts that are like, can someone explain to me how the time travel works? Yeah. Which almost always mentions the waiting room. There's the posts that say, I just can't watch any more of this show because it's not enough like the original. And they also mention the waiting room. And then there are the posts that say, I love this show, but I cannot stand Addison. Those are the three types. Now, one thing everybody can agree on, whether they like the show or not, is that Ian is great. Really? Uh, that's, That's the one element that everybody is like, I'm good with this. This is good, but... Well, that that's refreshing because that sounds like a bunch of posts from a bunch of haters, but haters don't usually like people or things that are different. Right. So it gives a little more credence to other opinions if they're not just hating on something because it's woke. I think that the conversations on the subreddit are generally very civil. Wow. Which is surprising. 
honestly. Not many places on the internet where you find civil discourse, but right. Quantum Leap subreddit seems to be one of them. Well, shout out to them. One would think that a show driven around making things better for people might have some positive listeners <laughs> to <Yeah>. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we're all watching for that inspiration, that aspiration of something better, you know? The original series embodied in this new series, bless its heart, tries <laughs> to embody. <laughs> it sometimes succeeds, like depending sometimes on, it doesn't really try very hard. Yeah, depending on the creative force in that particular episode. Yeah. Like, what are they choosing to focus on, and how much of the 2026 storyline are they forced to squeeze into their script? Squeezing in. Speaking of squeezing in 2026 storylines, uh, this week, <laughs> really, <laughs> there's one element in this week's episode that we'll talk about pretty early on, but by the end Probably. of the episode, I had forgotten it happened completely. <laughs> yeah. And it just cracked me up when I remembered that it had happened. I only got to watch it once this week, and... It was one that I really wish I gotten a second pass at before I mm -hmm. started talking about it. Yeah. You know, I kind of feel like you probably felt last week. Something about this that on a second watch, I might feel a little differently. So I'm going to tread lightly with things. But that kind of leads me back to what we were talking about just a second ago, which is it seems like so many of my notes, I would consider them constructive criticism. And I don't sure. spend a lot of time saying, man, this was cool. Man, that was great. And I'm just wondering if the people on this subreddit are of a similar ilk where I'm going to continue watching. But what I like to discuss most is where I can see it improve. Sure. As opposed to coming off as like hate watching. Yeah. And I don't think there's a lot of hate watching in the subreddit. Do you feel like there's a lot of hate watching on this podcast? <laughs> which is what i'm trying to avoid there were yeah, definitely no, I... episodes i've hated <laughs> but yes but i mean like look i don't believe any tv show is unimpeachable right now mm. before you guys get mad at me mm. i haven't watched succession yet and uh <laughs> i don't know but even that... even the wire My favorite show of all time is not without some faults. Season five. Correct. Right. So, I mean, it's okay. I always think it's okay to enjoy something and still be able to pick it apart piece by piece until there's just bones left. <laughs> it's a true sign of love. Nah, uh, I don't feel I, like I will that's tell my you goal. That there are a number of notes I made this week that are just, that's cool. Yeah. This week, maybe more than any other week, was one where I'm not sure how I feel about the whole story, but there are so many little tidbits that I That's really, weird, really right? loved. That's weird, right? That's weird. Like, that it just pulled me through, and a lot of it was dialogue, for once. There were a lot of dialogue bits that I thought were witty and landed properly. Well, did we write down funny. who the screenwriter was? Okay, so this episode is titled A Kind of Magic. It was written by Margarita Matthews, whose name you'll remember, I think. I will, as soon as I pull my cork board out. <laughs> We've talked about Margarita Matthews before. Wait for it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as I see here on my trusty cork board, O ye of little faith... 
Yep. Somehow made it to my top three. Good. It's it's a good episode. It is. It's good. Leap Die Repeat, which was which is one of my favorites. One of our yeah, one of our more divisive episodes, and then Judgment Day. Yes. Really. But kind of scattershot. I feel like Margarita Matthews, when we first started discussing the writing team earlier this season, she Mm -hmm. was one of the writers that you singled out as maybe proof that it's more of a writer's room issue and not an individual writer's thing. Because one of your favorites, one of my favorites, and then Judgment Day. And now we've got a kind of magic to kind of throw in there as well. She's kind of doing the ones that are a little off kilter. Who accepted the nudge this week? So the year is 1692. Damn. Long time ago. And Ben has leaped into Elizabeth Bleeker, who is a servant girl, to Bridget Goody Smith. Everybody calls her Goody. Goody's husband, Josiah, recently died after suffering from a mysterious affliction. In fact, many of the residents of Middletown, Massachusetts, have taken ill. Pretty sure Middletown's called Middletown because it's halfway <laughs> between Boston and Salem. Uh, Yep. Yep. It's in the middle. So a lot of the residents there have taken ill. That, combined with the pervasive smell of sulfur, has led everyone to the logical conclusion that Goody is a witch. Right. Obviously. Mm. While Ben's tasked with saving Goody from the bloodthirsty mob led by the magistrate, whose name is, get this, Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. It's like Rob Liefeld designed the character. <laughs> Having some fun there, aren't you, Margarita? So while he's trying to save Goody, he manages to also get Elizabeth and the town apothecary Morgan accused of witchcraft as well. So three women all on trial for witchcraft simultaneously. Great job, Ben. (laughs) Meanwhile, and this is quirky, there's an absence of records available on the internet from the 1600s, believe it or not. Right. And that leaves Team Quantum Leap turning to, uh, let's say, some alternative methods to help Ben. Right. The first of which is a library, and it only gets weirder from there. This is a place where books are collected. That's what I'm told. Yeah. hmm. Books used for research. Things like encyclopedias and atlases. The Uh, words. I hear the words, but they're not making sense. (laughs) Ask your parents. (laughs) So, general feelings. I liked it. There were elements that I was like, wait, what? But overall, every moment that gave me pause was punctuated by a genuinely funny moment. Hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. So we're just having some fun here. But like, <laughs> by about halfway through the episode, I'm like, oh, this is a really silly one. Got it. Was it silly? I- There were a number of extraordinarily silly elements in this episode. And again, a lot of just dialogue that landed very, very well, like in terms of just the punchlines. Yeah, I didn't notice any dialogue that was terrible. (laughs) That's fair to say, given how horrible some of the dialogue was in the last one we covered. Yes. So, yeah, the fact that it didn't stand out. The only thing that I remember thinking about the dialogue is like, do they really talk like this in 1692? There were a couple lines where they were like, hey, get me. Look who I am. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, it's There's like, definitely some anachronistic language and vernacular being used, I feel. One of the things I like to think about with time travel or just 
different eras is if we were to actually travel back to a time like that and speak with the cadence that we have and use the words that, that we use on the regular, the right. language has evolved so drastically since well, then. Well, it's it's kind of like the um, the Michael Crichton book, Timeline. Which where, I have not read. Where a group of scientists is transported back to, I want to say, England or France mm-hmm. about a thousand years ago, and the language is a real problem. Right. Yeah, it would almost be a different language. One of the cute moments was Goody actually noticing that Elizabeth was acting different, sounded different. Yeah. And, you know, equated that to witchcraft. (laughs) Right, everything gets equated to witchcraft. But yeah, it just kind of led me to think Ben should be using different verbiage, more accurate to the time, but who knows how to do that? Then again... It's also just television. and He know. does try at the very end, where he's like, fare thee well, Goody. <laughs> it's like, even Goody hasn't sounded like that all episode. They all just yeah. kind of sound like us. That's the only thing that I really thought about when it came to the dialogue. I mentioned a few minutes ago that there was a scene at the beginning of this episode in 2026 that by the end of the episode, I had completely forgotten existed at all. Can I try and guess? Surely you know which one I'm talking about, but go ahead. I'm not 100% certain, but I would guess it was the way the episode opened with Rachel putting the chip together. Yep. Is that what it was? Rachel's like, well, you're good. Nobody can hijack your system anymore. Well, peace out. And then that was it. And it was like, okay, so is that plot over? Are we not pursuing it? What's going on, guys? Well, it's (laughs) like for your main season-long mystery... That was extraordinarily dismissive, and then nothing happens with it for the rest of the episode. I, I am forgot about fine it. with that. Oh, I'm this cool is, with it. It yeah, just made me is, laugh. No, I feel like that was a moment that just kind of kicks the can down the road as this show has done a lot with their narratives. Like, well, we can't reveal everything right away, so what can we do to put a pin in this for a minute? Yeah. I don't know if it was me or the direction, but in that scene... They kind of resolve to the fact that they've changed the software around the chip so that it's not uploading data anymore, but somehow their employer won't notice. Two things. One, the storyline's not over because they keep referring to this mystery character for whom they know the name as your employer. Right. A mystery only to us, the viewer. Yeah. I feel like if I had met your boss... And we were talking about your boss. You wouldn't just say. I don't think you would refer to him as your employer. Right. It's like, yeah, you mean Bob? (laughs) I met him at the Christmas party. We We, uh, we know who you're talking about. I want there to be a scene where Rachel and Ian are at the project, and then Janice comes walking in and says, Hi, I heard you were having some trouble with your employer. (laughs) (laughs) So it was that. And then the direction seemed a little weird in that. Because just as everything resolved itself, Ian gets a hit on his tablet that Ben has leaped into some place that... And I thought they were at Rachel's workplace. (laughs) And then seems to walk across the room to a computer. So they were in Project Quantum Leap when Rachel was working on their system. Right, Rachel came to them and worked on it. 
It seems and then just left. <laughs> yeah, like showed herself out. <laughs> you know where the door is. From this secret military compound where we're... <laughs> the computer software, the way it was designed, like yeah. the set design was really bizarre. It was strange. And it was another example of a scene that was a little too dark. I thought. Right. Yeah. The lighting was really dim. It was an opportunity to use less set decoration. Let's just make it a black room and put this kind of glowy (laughs) computer futuristic looking thing right in the middle and let it be a light source. But okay. So they were, in fact, I thought they were at Rachel's work and then it was some kind of weird jump cut or whatever. But okay, at least, <laughs> like at, we just didn't get that establishing footage of them traveling back. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, but that's one of the reasons I thought. Well, maybe this needs a second watch or something. But yeah, get it out of the way early. I'm fine with that. Rachel's just glad that you finally came to her with your request to commit criminal acts. <laughs> <laughs> at least you guys love each other. Yeah, yeah. So the next scene brings the first thing that made me laugh in this episode, although this was not, I feel, intentional. At least I didn't laugh at it for the reason they intended for me to laugh at it. Okay. So as soon as Ian gets the ping, Jen immediately grabs the hand link and Ian stops her and says, excuse me, you were the hologram last time. Yeah, but was she though? Because <laughs> she wasn't really remember how you guys like stopped doing the hologram thing and went off and had your little adventure there yeah and somebody else had to do your job yeah it's like a schoolyard pick this is serious a man's life is on the line yeah they're still presenting it as a game when there's so much weight to this the first episode of this season led us to believe that there was a lot of weight on everyone's shoulders over having lost him once, you'd think... Well, Jen and Ian, the weight on their shoulders is that they've regressed to 10-year-old status. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Every time. But Ian is the hologram for much of this episode. Not all of it. There's a lot of interchanging here, but Ian starts out as the hologram. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably pretty even across the board. So when Ian pops in the first time, the townsfolk have gathered at the church to basically accuse Goody of being a witch. And Ian's in the pew in the very back of the church and goes, pss, pss. and Ben turns and kind of goes over to where Ian's hunkered down, sitting in the back there. I, I really did like that. Sure. And of course, of course, the first thing Ian says when Ben comes close is about Hannah and that kiss. Right. Of course, and Ian does. But what does Ben do? Just like magic, shuts that shit down immediately. Yeah. I love how nobody involved has time for their shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, they keep trying to make it about that, but like, no, 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 we're not going to talk about that right now. We've got matters at hand here. That scene, though, opens up to one of the weirdest things, this cut back and forth. They'll cut over to Addison just to get a reaction shot. And Addison's just watching the episode. After about the third time, <laughs> yeah. I commented. The third, like, right, oh. exactly. So Addison's just kind of watching. Like, man, Addison is just watching this leap, huh? Yeah. <laughs> then they cut back to her, and one of her actions was to call Jen on the telephone. Hey, you Jen, know what it feels get like? over here. 
It feels like an episode of Punked. Ashton Kutcher would be in the van watching the prank play out on a screen and laughing about it. And then we cut (laughs) back to the prank itself. It doesn't have a good flow. Now, it does come back at the end. They do make something of it eventually. Exactly. They're trying to set it up so that we can see how useless she's feeling. But I feel like we got that anyway already. Oh, sure. What episode was it? There was two episodes back. She was just working on her body. And then the last episode, she was just like support for Tom. Yeah. So obviously she's feeling underutilized. Now she's just staring at the TV. Structurally speaking, was a little jarring to go back and forth and back and forth like that because Addison's story and this, it was kind of a stretch to put those two together, I felt like, as opposed to the Lonely Hearts. Nevertheless, they get straight to the witchcraft there (laughs) and this is what i really love the two things that i really love about this scene one is ian is kind of the perfect hologram for this scene because the very first thing they say about what's going on in the town is that there's not a lot of historical records but there is a lot of hot goss flying around this church (laughs) which i thought was hilarious and then just proceeds to talk about what's going on in the town there's a drought there's possibly a disease killing people yeah. Uh, some of the people in the town believe it's a punishment, you know, but it's all about the gossip in the town. And that seems like just feels like it would be Ian's wheelhouse. I was surprised how much data and information they actually had to impart to Ben, <laughs> given that they didn't have any going in. So I guess we are the assumption that Ian kind of perused the church there and just kind of listened in. Yeah. eavesdropped on some of the uh, conversations before they actually got in touch with Ben. That scene worked. The core conceit of this episode, though, he's there to save Goody. It's immediately complicated in this scene. And this singular moment is one of the things I was like, maybe the most brilliant thing they could have done in this episode. William, the constable's son, whom Elizabeth has a crush on, right, is also sick and he collapses in the church. He's dead. Right. Just flat out dead. Everybody's freaked out. Ben says... Oh, no, no, he's not dead. Goes in and starts to execute CPR on the body. Brings him back to life. And as soon as he gasped, I was like, oh, that's great. Because now they're going to think he's a witch. Right. Ben's a witch because he just brought a dead person back to life. That's exactly what it is. And I loved that angle. Yeah, it was good. This this angle that we've never seen CPR before, so it's of the devil. (laughs) I thought the same thing. But the other thought that creeped into my mind was you just perform CPR on somebody with, like, a deathly fever. Right. Like, you put your mouth on his mouth, and they're, like, spreading some horrible yellow cholera disease or whatever. You're supposed to use a mouth guard. Yeah. (laughs) First of all. Something. I just thought, well, you just signed Elizabeth's death warrant. (laughs) What if if Ben traveled back, like, another 300 years got infected with the Black Plague and came back to the 1980s and just started spreading the Black Plague everywhere. Well, it's not his body. I know. That's uh, Maybe that's why he doesn't a, care about Elizabeth. Or, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he's like, I don't know, what the hell ever. But after he's resuscitated, he's pretty much fine Kinda the okay. rest of the like, episode. <laughs> like, all he needed to do was die for a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does like come back. Death. He does come back, and he has that sort of, uh, you know, spring in his step once yeah. again. Yeah, he's still pale and sickly looking, sort of. I mean, of. it's it's the same day. It's later that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where they're like, you know, bring out your dead. 
And the guy's like, oh, I'm feeling a little better. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. So the two of them are put in stocks. The town turns on them real quick. But fortunately, one of the townspeople ain't having that shit, comes to their aid. And this is Morgan McKenna, who Morgan. runs an, an apothecary shop. And she approaches and says, knock it off. This is the next really funny line I laughed at. She says, these girls are no more witches than I am. And the townspeople are like, uh. And then Ian says, yeah, she shouldn't have said that. Because now she's a witch. Yeah, that, yeah right. <laughs> no, all three of them are witches. So I feel like, and there are a couple scenes later on in the episode that really sealed the deal for me. But this episode is somewhere between Quantum Leap and The Simpsons. So, forming an angry mob, eh? Who are we going after? In terms of just... The seriousness and the gravity of the situation, but also just the silliness that happens yeah, throughout. Okay. Yeah, you're um, selling the silliness to me a little bit. I, it didn't come through to me on a first watch. Like, I didn't feel like they were trying to be silly. But if I think back to Oh Yield of Little Faith and the way, like, Seth Meyers' character was all weird and, yeah, you know what I yes. mean? Sort of similar, right? Very, yeah. So, and we haven't even gotten to the moment that I thought was funniest this week. That is, like... Again, genuinely funny, and that's what they were going for. Because <laughs> sometimes this show's funny unintentionally. Yeah, and sometimes it makes you cry. Yeah, I liked this Morgan character. Morgan was cool. Yeah, yeah I like the actress. Like, I don't know how many strong-willed women there were in the 1690s, but I certainly liked her. She felt real, and, and she played a good role in the episode. She felt like the character... That if this were an episode of the original Quantum Leap series, in the final moments of the episode, we would have found out that she actually was a witch. Morgan was. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was like with... Portrait for Troyan. Yeah, the, Troyan. With the ghost yeah, at the end. Yeah, we're on the same wavelength. Or, or maybe maybe Sam Vampire. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. Like the, um, the ghost disappears from the window at the end of that episode, a, a right, song for like, Troyan. It's like there's absolutely supernatural presence. Oh, you're so in, right. In, in the original Quantum Leap. This, oh, I wish they'd done that Leap, now. They don't really do it. I yeah, so nobody, wish... Spoilers. No one in this episode is a witch, folks. <laughs> I wish they had done that now. Oh, that would have been so good. But no, I like the actress playing Morgan. I like yeah. the actress playing Goody. I think she did a really good job sort of moving between this sort of panicked mode, this sort of like, I just lost my husband mode. This person who's been kind of socially outcast from the town, even yeah. the first time we meet her. Yeah, she's got uh, a lot to do, for sure. Something I thought was interesting in this episode is that, you know, we never see Ben's reflection at any point. And I guess it's because mirrors haven't been invented yet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you'd Pretty think sure they were they around. Had mirrors. Yeah, no, I don't know. But we never see we never see what Elizabeth looks like. Right. Thing I didn't really think about that either. Because of that, Goody always feels young and naive even though theoretically elizabeth's probably younger than she is yeah right as the servant girl right but she never comes across as the older of the two of them because all we ever see is ben right Fair. and ben yeah. is in control and you know take charge and goody is just not in a good place right she's kind of baddie right now if we were being honest about it sure and so is the town yeah yeah <laughs> You know, for a lot of this episode, I felt like it wasn't really going anywhere. It felt like nothing was happening. Yeah. And it's no secret that I like a good slow burn story. But 
most of those stories, when other people think, oh, nothing's happening, there's always a, like a little bit that's kind of building. You know, mm -hmm. there's something yeah. bubbling under the surface that you're waiting for it to. But this one felt like, okay, a bunch of things you are expecting are happening, but it's not really a story yet. You know, right. and then and then all of a sudden the story all comes together, like in the last third of it, it all kind of crams together and somehow ends up being kind of satisfying, I feel like. Yeah, it does. This episode in this series is kind of short on supernatural elements, but that's not totally true, I guess, because this episode does dip into astrology and pseudoscience and things like that. Yeah, are we moving um, on to that yet? Is that what so we're going to talk about next? Be before we get there, okay. The <laughs> Jen does some research at the library. The library. And, and comes to a conclusion about the path forward for Ben and the other two witches. Uh, and that is to plead guilty in the court to being right. a witch on the pretense that the ones who denied being witches were usually the ones put to death, but those who confessed were given a chance to repent. Right. So just say you're a witch and you're going to repent. That's her big idea. She says there's an 80% chance it'll work, according to Ziggy. And Ziggy's just all over the place with their statistics this week. I'm dealing with too many data-limiting factors. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> ben refuses to believe that he has been put there to convince two women to lie about who they are, which is a very Ben position to take. Right. So Ben calls William as a witness. William, Elizabeth's maybe boyfriend. And Jen says that there's a 93% chance that William will help them. Right. William immediately turns on them and says that they're all witches. And that he and smelled all, and, sulfur when he came back yep. to life. Yeah. And, and they're all sentenced to death. Which brings me to the next really hilarious line in this episode. The three of them are locked in a cell, and Ben says, I'm sorry, I was 93% sure it would work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Which, glaring at his gin hologram. Yeah. That was my favorite line in the episode. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Again, another visual situation here, but I kept waiting for Jen to walk through the bars and just join them in the... Cell? Oh, yeah. Al would have done that. Yeah. Like, why is she just staring at them on the other side of the cell wall? It's a hologram to you. Just walk well, through. You know. It's called a character beat. She spent enough time behind bars, and now she doesn't want to get back uh, behind them. Okay. Deep character motivation. Something they thought about. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you were about to get into this yeah, so... seance <laughs> business, right? That's just the, that's just the, the tip of the iceberg, man. Yeah. Jen leaves the imaging chamber and finds Ian performing a seance at the project, surrounded by candles. Was this prefaced in any way? No. No. <laughs> Did we know that Ian was into things like astrology and tarot cards? Ah, no. Did we ever think that they would be? As a scientist... No. <laughs> One would think not. Yeah, that's what I jotted down. Is Ian science or seance? <laughs> <laughs> we had a little bit of a touch of this in the X-Files episode. Uh-huh. Where Ian was all about the aliens. Aliens. UFOs. Oh, yes. That, to me, feels more in line with somebody that's a scientist 
but has a vivid imagination. They're willing to go out on a limb on what might be scientifically possible. Yeah. They already scoffed at the idea that God might have anything to do with Sam leaping around. They made that offhand remark that just led you to believe that it was science or nothing. Right. This seems like a real hard turn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I just think it's funny. Like, the second we don't have access to computer records, this is the direction we go in. (laughs) And I think it just speaks ill of, I think, millennials. I blame millennials. I believe this is what would happen. If the computers stopped working tomorrow, everybody's turning to candles and seances. (laughs) Well, where else do you go? Now, to be fair, Ian does evidently have a relative that was accused of being a witch, and that is who they're trying to contact. Yeah, yeah, right. right. And (laughs) And there's another really kind of funny line. Her name's Dorothy, and... You scared her. You scared her away with your cynicism. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like if this were any other show, I'd be like, "That was great." But right now, I'm just so stumped by what's going on. I just, yeah, uh... I feel like if it were any other character, I wonder if Mason Alexander Park read the script and was at any time like, "Would Ian do this?" Mason Alexander Park may really be into this stuff, too. <laughs> right. That's the thing. It's much more like you would believe the actor to be than what I would have understood Ian to be, you yeah. know? Yeah. This is not a person of science, time travel, thinking with their head before their heart. Uh, well, no, that's not fair. No, definitely thinking with the heart before the head here. I think that's true. Yeah. And they do wear their heart on their sleeve and bet against the odds. But it's not the same kind of stretch as, well, I'll talk to my ghost relatives. I feel like this scene exists for a laugh. Like, I think so much of this episode is designed to be silly. Yeah. And buck expectations because you're just like, wait, what is this all about? I think a really good example of just the pervasive silliness of this episode are Elizabeth's friends in the town. The girls who are at the beginning singing with Elizabeth, you know, and they're teasing her about William, but they turn on a dime and they're like, I smell sulfur. She's a witch. Yeah. And then at the end, they just turn on a dime again and they're like, the magistrate was wrong. He should be punished. Burn him. (laughs) It's all very Simpsons-esque. It's all this hyper reactionary kind of stuff. Yeah. You've got a good perspective on that. Yeah. I ultimately don't think that most of this episode was designed to be taken seriously. Yeah. See, I need to go and watch it again with another eye on the whole old ye of little faith demon exorcism. Ooh. Do you remember what their point of view on that was? I don't. That's the one where they said, ooh, it's the demon. Right. Jokingly. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go to the bathroom and talk to my grandmother, who's been dead. (laughs) They were pretty, this is not a demon. Whereas if they had lingering beliefs with tarot card readings and the like. Later in the episode, when they're kind of plumb out of ideas, Ian's like, well, why don't we just look at astrological charts and things like that? So it doesn't stop there. And ultimately, astrology saves the day, I guess. Right. Yeah, I'm still a little uncertain how they determined with those materials that it was going to rain. I think they're banking on that. Yeah. I was just wishing maybe they had a farmer's almanac that went back that far. 
Ben does kind of take a leap of faith on this rain thing. Yes, there was something very Sam Beckett-esque. In fact, Sam Beckett found himself in a similar situation, praying for rain. Right. In the episode A Single Drop of Rain. Right, right. And very similar outcome here. Yeah. Do you think that Ben was sincere in his thought that maybe the Almighty was helping him out here? I think Ben was desperate. (laughs) Yeah. They've been so hesitant to imply at all that there's something greater at work here. But this was a real leap of faith that it might actually happen. And he kind of had to roll the dice on it. And he looked to the heavens and, you know, that part was also played for a laugh. Right, because it takes a second. It's like, uh, hello. And the magistrate's like, we're in a drought. (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing. You idiot. (laughs) You can tell when it feels like it's going to rain. Yeah, generally it doesn't just start raining. You can feel it in the air. It gets cloudier. Feels like something Ben might actually feel like is going to happen. We should also talk about, though, because we're talking about the rain. We're kind of talking about this sort of climax of the episode that Jen refuses to go back okay. in the. Uh... We're going to do this now. I've got my <laughs> two. There are two moments in this episode that I'm like, this is stupid. Okay. One of them is that Jen refuses to go back in the imaging chamber because she can't explain that it's going to rain i wrote i guess because she thinks ian's astrology shit is just mumbo jumbo maybe it so, read so, but, it read more like hi i'm jen i don't understand rain <laughs> i don't like i don't understand weather addison's like you need to go in there and tell ben it's about to rain i don't understand any of this stuff like you, go- She says literally, oh, I'm not going in there and telling him that. And it's like, wait, why not? And it wasn't until after it starts raining and she says to Ian, it worked. Your nonsense worked. That I was like, oh, maybe it's just because she's like, I'm not taking the heat for your crazy ass theory. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she didn't necessarily believe that it was going to rain. They and just to thought- be fair, she's not someone well known for doing her job properly. So, uh... Plus, what is her job? Why did they send the head of security to the library? (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. But so then we're supposed to believe that Addison is more likely to just jump on the bandwagon of, oh, it's definitely going to rain based on these astrology maps. Well, I think Addison is just looking for a reason to get back in the imaging chamber. But she didn't want to go in. No, but she had that talk with magic. Yeah, that was a good... You know, see, uh, now we're talking about good stuff. Always see, talk... Uh, this talk was magic dumb. will get you there. Yeah, see, this this was... Jen was especially dumb in that scene. Yes. The point is you've come to the conclusion that it's going to rain tonight. And go tell Ben to use that to his advantage. If I were writing the Wikipedia entry for Jen... It would just be like, Jen is a character on the 2022 revival of Quantum Leap. She is an ex-computer hacker who now works as the security director for Project Quantum Leap and has a vast knowledge of the 1950s drug trade. (laughs) And that would be it. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know what else is happening here. Well, she's great Um, at poker, apparently. Oh, that's true. Uh, She is good at poker. But the scene with Magic, the scene with Addison... Ernie Hudson on fire this week. As yeah. always, I love Ernie Hudson. 
the big scene with magic is very, very effective, I thought. You know, sometimes these things can get sappy and less effective, but I felt like it was really well written and it was a good analogy, I feel like. He talks about spending some time with his sponsor the mm-hmm. day before. Uh, so the alcoholism did come back yeah. a little bit. Two um, episodes now, because once he had to take a day. He talks about how it's remarkable how community can build you up. He talks about it being a type of alchemy. Right, yeah. Turning a bad situation into a good one and to focus on the things you can change. He says, when you realize how much power you have over yourself, that's when you transmute a bad situation into gold, which, in a way, is a kind of magic. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm glad that you jotted that stuff down, because I actually really like that. Yeah, it was good dialogue that didn't feel heavy, like they were beating us over the head with it. It was a really good analogy that fit with the content of the episode. And is actual good advice. Right. I should listen to magic. (laughs) We focus on controlling what we can control. And that's like legitimate, good, stoic advice. There are things that you can't control, and there's no sense worrying about those. You can only control what you can control and focus on those things. But yeah, I really enjoyed that scene. And I was glad to see it come to the resolution that it did. That being said, (laughs) (laughs) nobody can go in there and tell him it's going to rain. Like, Addison, it's got to be you. Like, there was an actual reason that Tom had to go into the imaging chamber. Right. Granted, it was because two of our characters were being dumbasses. (laughs) But in the circumstances that were in front of us, it made sense that he be forced to go in there. I like a tally of how many times something good has happened within Project Quantum Leap because Jen did something dumb. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like that's her purpose there is to be the catalyst for good things Yeah, I... by failing to do her job properly. I mean, the whole series started because of that. <laughs> None of this would have happened if Jen had done her job properly. Yeah, and if Magic had just let her go at the end of that first episode <laughs> when yeah. she tried to resign, just let her leave, we would have been a... <laughs> We really have magic to blame for all of this. Great job, magic. He must have been hitting the sauce that week. <laughs> oh, man. I really wish there were a better reason for her to have come in the imaging chamber at the end of the day. But how do we feel about the fact that she is? I saw an article It basically posited that Quantum Leap should always have rotating holograms. I've seen that too, that argument which as I, well. I felt that way for a while, I think. Yeah. Is Addison back too soon? Well, I mean, there's only one episode left in this season right now, so who can really say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, think about think of it like that. They got Addison back there now because they've only got one episode in the can. I mean, I'm assuming well, it's they're already making written more, that but... way, though. How many episodes was she out? Three? Three. Yeah, I think three. In a season that's supposed to be, what, 13 episodes? I mean... I'm fine with it right now, but I'm I'm again like team Addison and I honestly think that some of the hangups with Addison in the past are because she and Ben were in a relationship and I think if their association with each other is allowed to evolve yeah from this point forward they might end up in a really good place so I'm fine with Addison being back now yeah 
I don't know how I feel about it in the long haul. Like, still think Ian should be the hologram on a more permanent basis. Make Ian slightly more competent. Make Ian a little less inclined to go into the, like, star books. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> Call up, what was her name? Hawking uh, fortune telling on TV. Cleo? Miss Cleo? Uh, Miss Cleo. Yeah. No, <laughs> no phone calls to Miss Cleo. Don't go blindly through life. Let me use the power of the tarot to show you the way. Call me now for your free reading. Call 1-800-355-3765. Right. Or who is the, what is it, Patty LaBelle's psychic hotline? Who, not Pat, oh, who, who was no, it? No, no, wasn't it LaToya Jackson? No, D- Dion... Warwick. Warwick. Dion Warwick had a... <laughs> Patty LaBelle, Latoya Jackson. Patty LaBelle. <laughs> She's definitely seen a psychic, at least. Yeah. It, well, if you started using Ian in that regard, then you have nothing for Addison. Because Well, like, as we saw at the yeah. beginning of this episode, she just stares at a TV for a while. Yeah, and called herself the worst intern that Quantum Leap has ever had. To which Magic replies... Not the worst. Remember Jeffrey in R&D? And now I'm like, oh, man, what did Jeffrey do? I really want to know about Jeffrey. Jeffrey could not have been the doll guy. No, the doll guy the doll doesn't guy, work in R&D. Well, and the doll guy also had an office. Like, yeah, he's got an, an intern in office. So, I'm right. like, so now I want to know about the doll guy and Jeffrey. You think the doll guy's still there or did he leave within the last three years? I imagine they restaffed. How easy well, is it well, to you think find? this guy's getting another job? <laughs> Well, that, but also, like, how many people do you want to spread this secret government project around to? Are you suggesting that the doll guy was killed? I imagine you bring back a lot of the same people that already had that clearance. Yeah, probably. probably. You gotta get <laughs> so the doll guy back. Maybe the doll guy came back, yeah. Of course, if he was out there talking, who's gonna believe the doll guy? <laughs> Tinfoil hat wearing so-and-so. <laughs> Is that what your dolls told you? Time travel, huh? Well, the other remarkably stupid thing, and it's Jen-related yet again, when she comes back into the imaging chamber of her own volition and comes running up, like, chasing the wagon. Yes! Stop, Ben, stop! No, go, go, Ben, go. (laughs) Stop! I just want to tell you, as soon as you get to that sign up ahead that you were headed towards, you'll leap. Like, <laughs> yeah, what was that? It was like such an emergency that Ben stands up and tells the guy to stop the wagon. And yeah. she's like, I just wanted to let you know you're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? You know? Oh, and Morgan's in trouble, but don't worry about that because you just yeah. got to go up there and leap. So go on, go on. Like, wh- yeah, it's all, it's like the it's like the dialogue was reversed by accident yeah like you really stop was. them to say that morgan's in trouble but then you say but don't like either just don't tell him that if you don't believe that that's the reason that he's there that that really aggravated me i, I have a lot of notes right in that part because jen yells from the stop Let's him know that if he gets Goody the crossroads, which is like seriously 20 feet from them, <laughs> yeah, he leaps. Like a literal crossroads. But road. they caught Morgan. And I was like, so it isn't enough for Ben to complete the mission? Ben, of course, wants to stop the townspeople. Goody is willing to abandon her. Morgan, as she has been abandoned. 
he talks her into it. And then Jen's like, you're not here to save Morgan. You're here to save Goody. And I'm like, then why did you stop him? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's what he was doing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Baffling. Absolutely baffling moment. Uh, I cannot figure out what that was all about. Don't go blindly through life. Let me use the power of the tarot. Is that screenwriting or is that directing or editing? That breakdown could be anywhere, really. It can't go to air that way, though. Let's take it back, man. Let's take it back and think, how would that have been delivered by Dean Stockwell? Right? I don't think they would okay, put those Sam. words in okay, his Sam, mouth. Okay, Sam, you just got to get up there. Oh. Oh, Sam. Oh, Ziggy says that Morgan's been captured by the townspeople. But you're going to leap if you get to the crossroads. I feel know? like Al, Al would be trying to keep it from him. Oh and yeah, Sam would recognize that like he's not telling him everything. Yeah, what is it, Al? Yeah, exactly. Or like his hand link would be squealing or something, and Sam would be like, "Al, tell me what's going on." Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's the way. It, but Al, Al would make him just complete the leap. I would like to see the script. That I make a request to see the script. Yeah, I want to know what happened there. What that was supposed to be, because yeah, that that was really bizarre. But the thing that is, if something good is to come out of that, one of the things I do like is that Ben wants the entire situation to be resolved. Right. Yes. All the episodes of the original series, very narrow focus to a particular person or a set of people and meeting that goal. This one is much more nebulous in, here's a bad situation, Ben. Go fix all of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've seen it multiple times just this season already. Yeah, you're here to help this person, but turns out you, in the process, will also help this person, this person, and change that. Yeah. It's just Ben wanting to go above and beyond. And the thing about Morgan, and tell me if you read this differently, but when she goes to get the horses, you know, they go into her ransacked shop, and she's like, I've got the horses tied up back. And she stops and says, oh, they took your sister talking to the horse. You can't carry three of us. And there's like this pause there really led me to believe that she wasn't really abandoning them. The right. way it was read was like, I've got to come up with something because we can't carry all three of us. And when she went riding off, I thought she was going to do some kind of end around or... You know, we'll think that she's leaving them, but she's not really just because right. of that one scene that's set up. And I wonder if in the original script, something like that happened, because the way they shot that, it was really like, now I'm in a bind. I can't save all three of us. What do I do? Always look out for number one. Yeah, that never results in actually leaving the people behind. Yeah, I got the same sort of impression, but then, you know, all we know is what we're left with. And at the end of the day, yeah. it isn't Morgan that swoops from out of nowhere to save everybody. It's the opposite. Which works. And as they're going through the shop there, I thought it was a lot of fun to see Goody trying the hat on, the witch hat. Uh, yeah. That was cute. That was fun. And it looked good on her. <laughs> yeah. It was a good fit. I also think with regards to Morgan kind of running off and Goody being less inclined to go help her, but sort of coming around on it, it all goes back to what Magic was talking about, you know, in his expository speech about building a community and working together and knowing that you can rely on people. And none of these women is an island in and of herself. And 
Right. It makes sense that Morgan would have felt that way and said, I've got to just watch out for myself. But then at the end comes around and is like, you know, I couldn't sure. have done this alone. They all kind of come to that realization. Yeah. And there's that line near the end there that was basically, you might still have a friend in Middletown. Yeah. Uh, they're building a relationship and I've changed and you can change and et cetera, et cetera. And that's good that, that it all kind of pulls together. The one thing I'd really like to say before we wrap up on this story is that this episode is really strong with its storytelling. It's set up and payoff. Yeah. And most specifically, I'm talking about the charcoal. The charcoal and the, and the sulfur smell. Yeah. yeah. It's great because all the way back at the very beginning of the episode, they talk about this is a drought, this is a drought, this is a drought. And then Morgan has this potted plant with beautiful flowers. How do you even have your flowers growing in this drought? You're already weird. And, right. and so there's this setup. And then we learn that she cleans her water with charcoal. And that, of course, feeds information to Goody so that she can learn. And in between, as they're in the jail cell and the water's coming in through the walls, they all smell the sulfur. So they drop the breadcrumbs. They set it all up. And then, boom, they knock it down at the end of the episode. It's gr- it's very well-structured story. Yeah, I agree completely on that. I'm very much a structure guy. I really appreciate a, an ascending story that has a climax and sets everything up and knocks everything down. It doesn't leave anything on yeah. the table. Every little element mattered. Right. right. Right down to them being burned at the stake and letting that play a role in the resolution of the entire problem for the town. Right. Using the charcoal in the well and somebody having learned a scientific thing that is taught to them as magic. And as you said, tie all of that into the speech that magic gives Addison really, really tight. I think it's all something that New Quantum Leap tries to do a lot and truly succeeds about half the time in terms of pulling it together like this episode does it very cleanly yeah it's a very clean episode from beginning to end narratively it's not clunky it goes at the pace it goes at like you were saying early on it's like it feels like what are we doing and then all of a sudden the story takes off yeah exactly and then it everything kind of comes together at the end yeah i think overall it's a really satisfying narrative just structurally Structurally speaking, yeah. yeah I'm glad it, you brought that up. It really does feel at the beginning like, okay, nothing's really mm-hmm. happening here. But by the time they start knocking down the bowling pins, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, that was all right there in front of us. And I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> yeah, know, I guess. I, guess. <laughs> I like a lot about that, but I don't know if in the season it ranks real high for me. Yeah. Somehow with all of the good that I see in it, like, maybe just witches aren't my thing. Wizards are definitely not my thing. Anybody who knows okay. me knows I don't like wizards. <laughs> but the thing about witches is that they tend to congregate in the woods naked. So, I mean, like, do they? Got... Oh, yeah. Uh, you ever see that movie, The Witch? Oh, is that why they said, have you been dancing with the, uh, yeah. have you been dancing in the, right, yeah. yeah no, yeah, I have the... not seen The oh, Witch. Oh, A- is The Witch? I have not. Yeah. Mm, man. It's supposed to be really Joy. good. Great movie. Great movie. 
definitely some naked wood congregation happening at the end of that film. That's what makes it great. <laughs> no, no, the whole movie's great. But if witches aren't your thing, you're not sure witches are your thing, maybe, yeah. check out The Witch and then report back, and maybe witches will be your thing. Maybe. I can't promise the wizards are goofy, man. Wizards are always... Oh, are you on the... I, I like some wizards. I like yeah, Gandalf I the Grey. I'm not Harry sure about Potter. Radagast. Radagast I'm not sure about. He was the guy that was like, covered in dirt. Who is Radagast? <laughs> he's, he's, he's another. He's Radagast the Brown. Oh, he, I, he lives in the woods. He's covered in shit. I don't know. I don't like that one. But, I don't. But Gandalf the Grey, I, I could get down with that. I said several episodes ago that I, at some point, just decided I don't have to like horror movies. <laughs> there was a coming to Jesus moment about wizards many, many moons ago where I just yeah. decided, you know okay. what? I don't like wizards. <laughs> and, you know uh, what? Anybody Fuck who wizards. knows me knows. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're on the list. <laughs> But these are not wizards. These are witches, and I'm kind of on the, yeah. And they weren't really witches either. And they weren't even that. It was just kind of a They were a just a bunch of psycho-Puritans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, psycho-Puritan seems like an oxymoron. This is an episode that I'll be interested to see if it performs the same way O Ye of Little Faith did. Okay. Because at the moment, I'm thinking, you know, all right, but so right in the middle of the pack for me i'm just wondering where it's going to be at the end i think for me it falls above lonely hearts club p is for psycho and the president's neck is missing well you really liked that one i did yeah that was like number four for me this see so this would be probably my new number four yeah see, which is I've, right in the middle I've of the lost pack. count now i can't remember where mine are I look forward to thinking back about this one. Maybe I'll try to give it another watch if I get a chance. But Egypt, big money. Egypt's coming up. Egypt, you can already Egypt tell they spent the money on that job. Oh, my God. You see the shots in this thing? Like, it's and it's only be... just a few seconds of footage. So Yeah, they really spent some serious dough on this episode. I hope it pans out for them. I'm expecting this to be maybe number two in my season ranking. If they put this much money into it, this much energy into it, I'm expecting something really good, guys. Well, I don't know if you're aware, but I believe yeah, this is a Hannah Carson episode. I was pretty sure it had to be. Yeah. I don't know what year we're in, but it's got to be like 50s to 60s, somewhere in there, I would think. Yeah. I'm at the point now that if I see an episode that takes place somewhere between the 40s and the 60s, I'm assuming Hannah Carson's in it. What brings her to Egypt? Ben, I think. I think she will have gotten to the point where she is actively searching for Ben. Mm. Like quantum signature or something like that. Like she's got some sort of primitive form of Ziggy and whatever that chip is that they need. <laughs> you don't think it's going to be happenstance? I don't think so. Oh, but speaking of when there's a spark, there's one other funny moment in this episode that I wanted to point out. Okay. And it is at the very end as... Oh, yeah, okay. Ben is sitting on the bench. Goody is next to him, and William is next to him. Goody gets up, and he says, Fare thee well, Goody. And she says, I'll, I'll be just across the square. But we all know that Ben's about to leave. Right. And then uh, William gets up, but gives Ben a quick peck on the cheek, and runs away, and Ben just has this look on his face like, oh my god, did that just happen? And Addison says, well, it's nice to see that you've moved on. <laughs> yeah. 
which I thought was great. So so forget about Hannah Carson. I want to know if we're going to see William again. No. Will, William Bloodborne. <laughs> there was another thing about that. At the very end, as he's leaping, and he's giving the, will you be my hologram a thing? Yeah, it's kind of like check yes or no. The dialogue there may be a little hokey or whatever, but the facial expression that he gave as he knew he was leaping and started right. to leap was so good. That was great. It landed yes. really well with me. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's cool. That's, I just, that's uh, cute. It, it brings that's, everything together. I think you can really see how much more comfortable in this role he is throughout the second season. Yeah. I think he's got a really good grasp on who Ben is for better and worse. Cause he recognizes that Ben is going to do things that piss us, the viewers off or that we disagree with, you know, especially when he and Addison were having their spat yeah. in the first couple episodes of the season. He's just got a really good handle on who Ben is and uh, yeah, is able to play it in more nuanced ways like that. I think that's true. At the beginning of the season, I think we both really believed that this whole season was going to be about Ben and Addison falling out and then coming back together. I don't know about that anymore. I I think it might just be we didn't like the fact that they were together as a creative team, but this is what we were handed. This is what Mm -hmm. the story was. How do I get my story on track? I don't want these two to be together. How do we break them up but keep them a team absolutely yeah which is a better route right you know it will always be weird though (laughs) yeah if you were engaged to someone and leapt through space and time to save their life so that you could be with them and then not it's always going to be weird he may have to be in love with someone or make sure that a couple stays together. Or... Yeah, I mean, well, he's already in love with somebody else. So yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, I think it's going to get awkward pretty quick. Yeah. If Hannah's in the next episode and not... Addison's there, she's going to be a uh, season two thing and then just be gone. And she... I really hope not. Well, we're we can... all about Banna or, or what are we calling them? We don't need to call them anything. Hannon. <laughs> Hanjamin. We can just call him Ben and Hannah. <laughs> it's fine with me. Don't go out of your way. <laughs> now, folks, if you have a good idea, uh, let us know. Their last names are Song and Carson, if you want to try to play around with that a little bit, too. So there's one more episode before the Christmas holiday. And that Christmas holiday may be pretty long for Quantum Leap, because this is the last episode they've got in the bag right now. As far as we're concerned, anything that we can come up with or anything that you guys want to hear about, let us know. Oh, We'll keep stuff coming. And we appreciate the listening, so... For sure, guys. Well, uh, remember to subscribe to the feed if you haven't already done so, so you never miss an episode. And be sure to review the show and tell any Quantum Leap-loving buddies about it, or tell Doctor Who-loving buddies to listen to the last episode we did. Mm. Uh, We're also available on YouTube in an audio format. You can like, comment, and subscribe there. And you can also reach out to us at oboyqlpod at gmail.com. Uh, what are your plans for the holidays? What do you want for Christmas? What are great gift ideas for the quantum leap loving person in your life? <laughs> oh, I will tell you a couple. One would be the comic book series Time Before Time. Okay. Which is kind of like Primer and Looper and uh, it's a lot of a lot of cool time travel elements in that. 
that's definitely one thing I would interesting recommend. Deathloop uh, for PS5, I would also recommend that. But uh, um, find us on social media. I'm at Captain Burn on Blue Sky, and folks, we've all waited for the moment where Nate got his Hogwarts letter, but he finally did. You have joined Blue Sky, Nate. I am at Action Nate on Blue Sky, folks. How'd you do it? I don't know. (laughs) It showed up in the email, but I can tell you all that are out there listening, my podcast buddy, pal, partner here, has yet to follow me on Blue Sky. Is that right? I thought I automatically (laughs) did. Oh, never mind. No. I'll have to to get on that. I am uh, (laughs) at Action Nate on Blue Sky and Threads as well. I think I got the alert, like, Action Nate is on Blue Sky, and I'm like, you don't say. Swipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also on threads, uh, Martin. But folks, thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Brian. And I'm Nate. And we'll be here in the waiting room.